Good evening. I turned the button off. <laughs> I am trainable. I want to thank you all so much for being here today, tonight. It has been a great day at West Art. Um, for those of us who have not always been at West Ark, um, it was a great day to learn about um, about Cure and, and the history and the beginning of Cure, and, and uh, it, it was really meaningful. And I hope that, that uh, we get the, the uh, volunteers that are needed and that ministry continues the way it is because the stories that you hear... Um, it's just amazing, you know, what you're talking about. One after another of just amazing things of how um, something comes in and the next thing you know, there's a need for it. And uh, God at work, plain and simple, God at work. Thank you for bearing with, uh, with, with me. I hope that uh, I've been able to, uh, to do a good enough job. We've been going through a move the last couple of weeks. And uh, moves are not ever fun. I, I don't know how else to say it. But we moved from a 1,900-square-foot uh, home down to a 1,300-square-foot home. And um, it's kind of like if we had Sunday morning met in room 100. We might all get in there, but we wouldn't move around very much. And so uh, we've been quite uh, uh, stressed and oppressed trying to find a place for everything and and uh, trying to get settled in. So uh, I thank you for, for patience on that. And I do want to ask that, that you keep our family in your prayers tonight. Um, we got some things going on, and, uh, and the only thing I, I want to say is just, just pray for us. Um, so the lesson tonight is why is 728B? I figure maybe I realized I might need to explain that because not everybody might know what I was talking about. In a lot of the songbooks back uh, that, that we had, and I don't know if West Ark had these books, but the songs before the, uh, the Faith and Praise um, books came out, in the very last page, Our God, He is Alive, was glued to the back. And it was number 728B. Um, there was also a 728A. But that song was, was there on the back. And so most people, uh, a lot of people I know, you didn't mention the name of God is alive. He just said 728B. And, and, and we're going to talk about how that came to be uh, as we move along. But at first, I thought I might need to explain because some people might wonder, uh, what I'm even talking about. Um, the song was written in 1966 by Aaron Wesley Dicus. Um, and to really understand this song and to answer the question of why it was pasted to the back of a songbook and not in the songbook, we need to look back at what was going on back in the 60s. I don't remember a lot about the 60s. I do have an excuse. I wasn't born until 62. But... Uh, at that time, uh, there was a theological movement uh, that was characterized by the phrase, God is dead. And it came about uh, as a result of a book that was written, and the name of the book was The Death of God, and it was written by a, a gentleman named Gabriel uh, Vahanian or something like that. 
Um, the point of the book that was written was that, um, and it was kind of difficult from what I understand to decipher from the book, but the point of the book was that God was dead in the minds of many people at that time because uh, they didn't show any concern for God. They didn't have any, they weren't um, guided by God. Uh, and, and so um, in their minds, God was dead. But of course, uh, as Christians, um, any thought of God being dead uh, is, is ludicrous. And so um, that was kind of the mindset that was going on. Um, and, and there was debates back and forth back at that time. Is God dead? God is not dead. It kind of came to a big blow when April 8th, 1966, the cover of Time magazine simply read, Is God Dead? And it was put up in billboards all around the country. Christians on their way to church may have to drive by a big sign that said, Is God Dead? And so um, the response um, that kind of became the rally rally cry against that is 1 Peter chapter 3, verses uh, 15 and 16. My uh, scripture reader didn't make it in yet, so uh, (laughs) I'll have to do it myself tonight. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their own of their slander. These were kind of the scripture that became a rallying cry. Um, so, the writing of the book or the writing of the song "Our God Is Alive" wasn't a coincidence. Um, it was written as a rebuttal to what was going on at the time, and a rebuttal to what was. Uh, on Time Magazine. Each of the verses of the song, if you read through all four of those uh, verses, show different evidence of God's existence. Um, The uh, naming him as creator, you'll see that. Uh, The one who grants our salvation. Uh, He holds the secret to life. All those themes run through the song, Our God, He is Alive. Matter of fact, if you uh, break it down, each stanza of the song, Our God, He is Alive, is based on Scripture. Um, And I started that it would be rather lengthy because the number of Scriptures in that song is is amazing. Um, There was uh, one of the, the books that I found had a list and had each stanza and the Bible verses that he pulled that from. And so um, Mr. Dykus was an amazing uh, Bible scholar, and he used that um, used that in, in writing this song. One of the uh, controversial lines, Michael Cole, 
was the one about God holds the germ within his hands. And that was actually also a rebuttal. Um, and he pulled uh, Luke eight fifteen. 15. Um, let, me, let me read that. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving, produce a crop. And so his point was that God as the word provided um, the ability, the growth. Um, but it was a rebuttal to what was going on a lot at that time was that science said that they could create life in a test tube. But the point they didn't happened to bring out was the fact that they were taking DNA from living cells and combining those. So they weren't really creating life. They may have been uh, superseding conception in some ways, but they were taking building blocks that God had already provided and using those. Now, if you want to impress someone, you know what God did? You spoke it out of nothing, and that's what he did when he created So a little bit about who is Aaron Wesley Dykus, the author of the song. He was born in 1878 in Festus, Missouri. Uh, that's near St. Louis. He grew up in Indiana, was baptized in 1908, married in 1910. He began preaching in 1915 in towns uh, around Indianapolis. He received his uh, B.S. degree from uh, Marion Normal College. Uh, he later uh, obtained an A.B., an M.A., and a Ph.D. from Indiana University in Bloomington. And he once made the statement that if God would help him get an education, he would use it for the good of God. And I would say that he succeeded and did that. Um, I, I always think of Solomon uh, when, I, when I hear somebody say something like that. You know, Solomon prayed for wisdom, and, and he was blessed with wisdom and a whole lot more. Um, he preached for nearly 70 years. He died in 1988. Um, he was also quite an inventor. Um, he invented a lot of little gadgets. Um, one of the things that he was crediting with inventing and securing the patent rights on was the turn signal for the automobile. Now, some of you all may remember, cars used to come out with these little deals that you turned one way to turn left and you turned up to turn right. I don't know if anybody uses them anymore, but I think they're still on cars. Um, they were put there so that people would know your intentions and to help prevent accidents. But we can uh, see that that was actually invented by the same guy that wrote this song. Um, he also invented a, uh, a version of an electric pencil sharpener, um, an automotive speed governor, and he also invented a skill saw. So he was quite a smart uh, gentleman. He also wrote and published three books, a commentary on Robins and Hebrews, and I'm not sure if he got Jimmy Allen's permission on that or not, <laughs> a book on church leadership, and a volume of sermon outlines. He was also a builder. Uh, he built a church, uh, Temple Terrace. He built several houses, and he built a building at uh, Florida College that is now called the Dicus Building. 
And then in his old age, kind of as a hobby, he took up songwriting. And he wrote about 30 songs, and of course the biggest um, that we sing is Our God, He is Alive. Now then, that's kind of a history of, of the song, kind of a history of, uh, of the story uh, of A.W. Uh, Dicus. I'll give you a little bit about my story about 728B. Um, when my mom was first diagnosed with leukemia, she went to Little Rock. And the room that she was placed in was 728B, ironically enough. I think it was actually room 728 on, on like, Section B or something like that. But nonetheless, my cousin who lived in Searcy at the time, uh, and, and she was in Little Rock at UAMS, my cousin who was at Searcy made the comment, well, I'll never have a hard time remembering what room she's in because she's in 728B, and I can remember that because we sing that song all the time. So um, uh, as time progressed and, and uh, Mom ended up back home and we realized that, that the leukemia was going to be terminal, um, she called me into her room and, and she wanted to talk about the songs we were going to sing at her funeral. And as awkward and as much as you would think that would be a difficult time there was something so peaceful about it because in my mind in my heart I knew that she was accepting her fate and that she was she was ready she understood and she was ready to go so she started telling me about all the songs that she wanted to sing and uh, you know she wanted new songs she didn't want the old songs um Although, looking back, um, I might have tried Amazing Grace to the tune of Gilligan's Island. But she didn't want any of the, and there's a joke behind that, if you haven't heard. But um, she, she didn't want any of the old songs. She, she wanted happy, cheerful songs because she didn't want anybody being down and, and all of that. And suddenly, laying there in the pain of the disease, her eyes light up. And this big old possum smile comes on her face. And she says, you got to sing 728B because Ray Ann will laugh. That was my mom, okay? That was the joy that always came out of her life. Even at the most difficult time, she couldn't help but try to get a smile on somebody's face. And, and that was so much like her. Um, There were so many stories after she died that I heard of when she was a kid of, of how honorary she was and, and how, um, how much she enjoyed having a good time. And that's one of the things I'll always remember. Holidays were always important to my mom, not that, that we did it on a certain date, but just the fact that the family was together and we came and we had a good time and we enjoyed each other. And I think that's a, a glimpse of what heaven's going to be like. I don't know. And, and that's probably conjecture on my part. But I think there's going to be a lot of reunions and a lot of, a lot of happy times. And, and that's what I think we can look forward to. Mom was someone who always believed in finding the good thing and, and, and was always wanting to make other people happy. Um, one of the things she did later on in her life, um, after she kind of got us grown up and, and, and the grandkids out of the baby age, um, 
she started working with uh, the young women who were coming through drug court. And as they would come out of drug court, they would go through kind of a transition deal to, to kind of get them set up and, and so that they didn't end up right back in drug court. And, and mom tutored or I don't, mentored um, several of these ladies. And she told my sister one time, she said, they just didn't have a mom to teach them how to do things. And so that's what she did, was she became mom to some ladies who, who had never had one. And, and she just simply taught them. And, and I know that at least three of them uh, are, are faithful uh, members of the church there now. And, and I know that, that, that God worked through mom to do that. And so I think that's a great legacy. Um, she loved the Razorbacks. She loved the Razorback basketball. And she went to most of the games. And she was very competitive. But she was different competitive than I am. I'm competitive, and I can't stand to lose. Mom was competitive because she loved competition. And I think that something that I have tried to learn uh, from her and tried to gain from her is to enjoy the game and, and enjoy the, the opportunities that, that the game provides. And I think that that's something that we can kind of look at in our Christian life as well. It's a rocky road, but we already know we win. And so, and, and this is something I'm preaching to myself, I promise you more than anybody else, I've got to learn to enjoy the game and, le- and learn to enjoy the ride. Um, and, and I could go on telling you guys stories about uh, about different ways that she... she uh, brighten people's lives. But I see some of Jesus in that. Because sometimes we can, we can paint Jesus as, um, I, don't, I don't think we let his personality come out. But Jesus was very quick-witted. Uh, if we look at some of the stories he told and some of the things that he said, some that come to my mind were, um, you know, when he's talking about you need, you need to get the, the beam out of your eye before you get the splinter out of somebody else's, you know, the word picture of that. And I always remember that, you know, one time when I was in, in, in I don't know, four or five-year-old, they were teaching us that, and, and they had us draw a picture, and, and one of my buddies drew this stick picture with this log that was like halfway across the page coming out of this, this guy's head, and he's trying to get down and get it looking... And that's really the, the, the picture that Jesus painted there. And even in some of the more serious times, the way he handled things, you know, they bring this woman to him who's been caught in adultery, and, and they're going to stone her. And, and they say, what are you going to do about it? And Jesus just gets down and starts writing something on the ground. I don't know what he wrote. We don't know what he wrote. Some people have said he started writing their names down. Some people said he started writing their names down and started writing out things they had done. I don't know what it was, but it had quite an impact because they all started dropping their rocks and leaving. So, you know, again, he had some kind of uh, a ready response to that that stopped them in their tracks from doing what they were going to do. So I think if, if, uh, if we can look at at uh, 
at drawing some lessons. We need to be ready because the world is still saying God's dead. We look at how people react to things in the world today and we see a lot of people who don't believe that God exists. We saw today, I mean we saw this morning, proof that he does. We need to be ready to give that answer. We need to tell those stories. We need to talk to people and say, hey look, our God is alive. And if they don't believe him, go get Matt. Let Matt tell them stories. Because just the stories he told me before we started class uh, about cure. Those are things that show our God is alive. And, and what A.W. Dicus was talking about when he wrote this. So why is 728B? The reason it was a song that was written in response to something that was going on in the world and the publisher saw how important it was and so they stuck it to the back of the songbook. And there was one other song that they saw as important that went on the other side of the songbook and that one was 728A and I don't know what it is. But I do know what 728B is. We looked this morning and there's an opportunity for a, a for us to be stuck into a work that needs to be done. And it's not the only one here at Westar. Um, there are so many places that there are places where we can be stuck and used and God will provide those opportunities for us. Um, like I say, we talked about Cure, we talked about uh, Hope Park, or the, the Hope Chest, all the different works. Those things at West Ark are our showing Fort Smith and our showing Arkansas and our showing the world around us that our God, He is alive. We come together on a Sunday night. We meet together. And we don't want to give up an opportunity for somebody. If somebody needs a response, um, if you have something in your life that, that you need to get straight with God, now is an opportunity to do it. Um, if you have decided you want to put on Christ in baptism, that opportunity is always, always available. Um, not just now, not just Sunday morning, but the water's always ready. Any way that we can serve you, uh, now is the time to come while together we stand and sing.